Well, once again, we are in the book of Romans, chapter 5. In the preceding verses that we read in the last few weeks, the apostle writes about the believer's hope of the glory in God. That's in Romans chapter 5, verse 2. Read that with me if you would. By whom also we have access by faith. Now remember, it says by whom. By whom. This Lord Jesus that it speaks of in, in verse 1, through our Lord Jesus, by whom we have access through him, by him, by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Paul is bringing that fact out that those who have the good hope in Christ will never be ashamed of that relationship, nor will they ever cause have cause to be ashamed of it, nor will they be put to shame by it. The truth of God's love to us in Christ and the reality of that love has been put in our hearts by His Spirit. His Spirit is a witness in us of who Christ is. We can never be ashamed of it. Now, in the next verses, he proceeds to give us proof and evidence of that hope that he speaks of in verses 1 and 2. We read in verse 6 through 11, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, Yet preadventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his son much more being reconciled we shall be saved by his life and not only so but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom we have now received the atonement the payment now this is a this is kind of this is what I want us to consider this morning this is the sum and the substance of our gospel this one who died. Christ died for the ungodly, it says back in verse 5 and 6. Christ, he's the one who died. He's the only begotten, the well-beloved son of God in human nature. Look over at chapter 8 of Romans, verse 34. Romans chapter 8, verse 34. He died for us. God sent his son in the nature of man to, uh, to Sacrifice himself on the cross. Look over at verses 34 of Romans chapter 8. Who is he that can condemn it? Who is it the one who can charge God's elect? That's what it's talking about in verse 33. It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. That's who died. Christ died for the ungodly. God in the flesh came and died for his people. How did he die? He died the death of shame. It was shameful to hang on a cross. Cursed is everyone that hangs on a cross, hangeth on a tree. He died a death of shame under the wrath and the judgment of God. Do we understand the depth that was laid upon 
our, our Lord and Savior? Well, I don't think we can truly understand the, the depth of it, but we get a pretty good picture, don't we? We get a pretty good picture, pretty good picture of our Lord who is cursed hanging on the tree as he took our iniquities as his own and suffered the wrath of God for us. He died the, the death of shame under the wrath of judgment in God. Listen to the words of Philippians chapter 2, verse 8. And being found in a fashion as a man. That's this one who died. He was found in the fashion of a man. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death. Even the death of the cross. Why did he die? He died for and in the stead of and as a substitute for all of his elect. All of those who were chosen from before the world was created. All of those who were predestined, predestinated to be conformed to the image of God's Son, Jesus Christ. We were predestinated. Oh, the world hates to hear that. I love it. I do too. I love it because I know I know that if God left me to myself, I'd still be out there chasing around doing all the stuff I did 23 years ago. Which was definitely not coming to church and worshiping God Almighty. I love predestination. I love election. He died as the substitute for all of his elect in order that God might be the just and the justifier. Look back at chapter 3 of Romans. Let's read that again, will you? Chapter 3. Verses 24 through 26. Chapter 3 of Romans, uh, verse 24, being justified freely by His grace. That's it. That's, that's us being justified freely. In other words, no cost to you and I. Aren't you thankful there was no cost to you and I? I got nothing to pay. Do you? Oh, folks, if you think you do, throw it out. Get rid of it now. God's grace is free. It's free grace in His Son, the Lord Jesus. Justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. That's what I just said. Whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say at this time, His righteousness that He might be the just, that He might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Who did he die for? Why did he die? To be our substitute. To be the just and the justifier of his people. For whom did he die? For the ungodly, it says, back in our text. The ungodly. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. Not for a righteous man, or for a religious man, or a deserving man, but for those who are ungodly in nature and in practice. Look over to Ephesians chapter 2. Let's see if this description fits you, because this is what God tells us each and every one of us are. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. And you have he quickened, it says. Ephesians chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. And you have he quickened, who were dead. Dead. And who did he die for? He died for the ungodly, those who were dead in trespasses and sin. 
where in times past ye walked according to the course of this world. I see that as truth because I know that's the way I walked. As the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath even as others. He died for the ungodly folks, those who are ungodly by nature, by practice. Well, when did he die for us? When were we without strength to obey him to keep his law and without the ability to keep ourselves? We were in bondage to the law of sin. We were in bondage to sin and unable to change our conditions. Listen to Jeremiah 13, 23. Can the Ethiopian change his skin? Can you change your nature? Or a leopard his spots? I love the analogy that I've heard from a couple of different ministers, our pastor Gene uh, being one of them. Think about this for just a moment. If you take a lion, or let's, let's start with a deer. If you take a deer and you put a piece of red meat in the cage of a deer, they'll cower back from it. It's not their nature to eat meat. And it's the same thing with a lion. You put, you put hay in, in the cage of a lion, all they're going to do is fluff it up and lay on it. It's not their nature to eat it. Their nature is to eat red meat. We cannot change the nature we came into this world for. It must be changed for us. We must be born again. We must have that old, black, stony heart that we're all born with cut out. I once said that we must have it changed. No. God doesn't take an old heart and put new wine in it. He cuts that old heart out gets rid of it and he gives us a new heart, a new heart that desires him. When did he die? He died when we were without strength. He died for us in due time, as it says. At the time appointed by God the Father. Look over to Galatians. Galatians chapter 4, beginning in verse 2. But is under, let's begin at verse 1. But I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth not from a servant, though he be Lord of all. But is under, this heir, heirs of Christ, heirs of God. And we are joint heirs with Christ, in Christ. But is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. When were we saved? We were saved in due time. When it, was, when it was God's determined time, when it was the appointed time of the Father, we were in bondage under the elements of the world. Verse 4, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. In 1 Timothy 2, verses 5-6, we read this, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave Himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. 
This is the greatest single proof of love that God could give to His people. is to give one's life for the object of that love. In 1 John chapter 10, let me turn over there and read that for you real quick. 1 John chapter 4. In verse 10 we read this, Here is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Over in John, the book of John, chapter 15, we read these words. Verses 12 and 13, we read, This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. What love we have. What wonderful love we see of our God in sending us everything we need. Providing for us everything that we cannot earn, that we cannot do upon our, on ourselves because we're weak. We're without strength. He died in due time. In Romans 5, verse 7, we read these words, For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet preadventure for a good man some would even dare to die. There's two men mentioned here, isn't there? For scarcely for a righteous man, there's one, yet preadventure for a good man, there's another. Well, what does it mean, a righteous man? Well, in scriptures, doesn't our Lord say he came to save sinners? Doesn't it say that righteous need no physician? I came to save sinners? A righteous or a just man is one who is moral, strict, and religious before the men in all his ways. Yet he's not necessarily loved of God, is he? Is it not likely that one would die for such a man? Why would God come for one who didn't need one, need him? That's what it says in the, as far as God being the physician. Who, why would he come if a man does not need his physician? Yet here, the second man is talking about a good man. One who is gracious, kind, and considerate. Considerate to all. Among men, he would be loved and respected, and some would certainly die for such a man, would he not? Back in our text in verse 8, we see read this, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God manifested his love for us. He gave clear proof and the evidence of that love, so that there is no room to doubt. There's no room to doubt in that while we were yet in sin, Christ died for us. This is true in respect to all that are saved, from Abel all the way to Paul and to you and I this very day. When Christ loved us and died for us and, was, and redeemed us, we were sinners by birth, by choice, by practice, with no love for God at all. Isn't that what we read over in Romans chapter 8 again, verses 7 and 8? Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, that's the mind of, of, of us before God has regenerated us. The carnal mind, the mind of flesh, it, because it is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither did it can be. So then they that are in the flesh, that's how we come into this world, in the flesh, dead in spirit, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Christ died for us. 
even when we were yet sinners, by birth, by choice, and by practice. Verse 9, we go on to read there, much more than being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through Him. If God's love to us is so great and so rich that He gave His only begotten Son for us to die for us, when we were still ungodly, when we were still sinners, how much more? How much more certain and sure and being righteous and justified and free from sin are we in our Savior? We shall be delivered from God's from God's future wrath and His punishment. Again, over in Romans 8, chapter 8, we read in verse 31 through 34. I love Romans 8. But we read these words in, in Romans chapter 8, verse 31. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us. Now here's the surety. Here's the surety that God's people have when we know that everything was laid upon our Savior. That all that is, needs to be fulfilled is fulfilled by Him. We have this surety. See, there's nothing left. When we, when we put all of our, our faith in Him, when He gives us and grants us the faith to, to believe Him as our provider in all things, we have a surety. We, we have a surety because nothing depends on us. And we know how fallible we can be, don't we? That's our trust. That's our surety, is that it's all in Him. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? How often have I read those very words and said, not even John can get in the way of John's salvation. I can't take anything away from it, but I can't add anything to it either. It's all been done. Our Lord hung on that cross. He said, it is finished. Verse 32 in Romans chapter 8 says, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us, all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who is he that condemneth? Who shall lay, or verse 33, Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Aren't you thankful? I, I know, I know how quickly John can go out those doors and all of a sudden his fleshly mind will just think of something and say, oh, Lord, why did I even think about it? I let my pride can swell up for just a second. Yet my Lord Jesus Christ didn't just put away all my sins that I have committed. He put away all my sins that I will commit. He's given me His Son. Why would He not give me all things? Why would He not give you all things if His Son was given for you? God. He sits at the right hand of God. And he makes intercession for us. Back in our text, verse 10, we read these words. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. If while we were yet enemies to God, 
we were reconciled to him by through the death of his son. Isn't it much more certain that God being reconciled to us and us to God that we shall be daily kept in him? Isn't that what it says in Peter chapter 1 verse 5? We are kept by the power of God into salvation. Isn't it safe to say that we will be kept by God daily, delivered and sustained by His resurrection, by His intercessory uh, for our lives? If we could comprehend what God has done for us while we were yet enemies, try comprehending the blessings that are ours as His friends and sons. These are joint heirs with Christ. Again, look over at Romans chapter 8. This time look with me, if you would, at verses 16 and 17. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit. Encourages us and reminds us that our faith is a gift of God and our faith is in God. Not in the flesh, but in our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. That we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. Back in our text one more time, if you would. Verse 11. Paul says these words. He says, not only so. Not only so, just that stuff, that those things that we just covered in those other verses. Not only so, that is, not only do we rejoice in hope and the glory of God, as we read in Romans chapter 5, verse 2. Not only do we glory in tribulations, as we read in verse 3. Not only did Christ die for us while we were yet sinners, as we read in verse 8. Not only are we saved by the wrath of to come through him, as we read in verse 9, not only are we reconciled to God by his Son, as we just read in verse 10, but we joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 11, and not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. We rejoice in God himself as our covenant God. That's what it is to to declare before those around us. But not just to declare with the mouth, with the lips, but to declare with our heart. Amen. You see, faith is a heart matter. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this in the next service. About faith. It's a heart matter. It's believing God. It's believing all of God's Word, of who we are and who His Son is. And what He's done and where He is now. We take a great joy that our God is a covenant God. He's the God of all grace. He's the God of all peace. He's the God of all salvation. And we rejoice in His perfections. We rejoice in His providence. We rejoice in His presence. This means that the means by which we come to this joy and the glory is through our Lord Jesus. Turn over one more, if you would, to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, right after Ephesians and Philippians. We rejoice in our Savior, in glory, and bringing glory to His name. 
through our Savior. Look at verses 9, 9 and 10 of this. For in Him, in God, in the, in the Lord Jesus Christ, in Him all the fullness of the Godhead, in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And ye are complete in Him, which is the head and the principality of all power. You see the glory that we give our Lord? You see the joy that we take in glorifying His name? It is by, it is in, and it is through Jesus Christ that we have received the atonement or the reconciliation is what it's saying. Full redemption, full satisfaction, full all that we need is made by His blood for sinners who receive Him by faith. And that faith we receive Him by is a gift of Himself, Christ Jesus our, our Lord. Amen.